0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: here on April 24th 24 uh, 2-4, 2019 uh you know what i want to complain about introverts again before we get going the guest today i don't think falls into that category but i've just seen a lot of these introverts talking on social media one of them said a recruiter she said i think introverts Make the best recruiters. They are thoughtful about what they say and what they do. Uh, They take their time uh, and they're concerned about relationships. Okay? And uh, she claims to be an introvert. So she thinks they make the best recruiters like her. Okay? So modesty is not one of their main qualities. Another introvert said that uh, introverts should not force themselves to be more. Extroverted. Well, you know what? I don't agree with that. I was at a, a dinner party recently, and I was sitting next to a guy, a family member. He's very nice, very smart, very successful, okay? But I had to essentially interview the guy to get him to talk to me it was like pulling teeth he didn't say anything then i was talking to somebody else another cousin of mine right i asked him if he's spoken to his brother recently who is far away he said no and he gave me the reason he said his brother says so little when they're on the phone that he has to keep asking him if he's still there you want to talk to somebody like that no not even his own brother does okay so here's what i want to say about introversion it is a disability introverts are not sociable so they're always jealous of people who are fun that's why they're always complaining all over social media that everybody loves extroverts and the introverts they are always bragging about how wonderful they are right they're the biggest braggarts in the world okay but i agree that introverts probably make good recruiters, but not for the reason they say so. It's because recruiters have to be heartless. They recruit a bunch of people by dangling a good job in front of them, and then they have to tell most of them that they're rejected. People who want to be liked, you know, they find that nerve-wracking. But if you lack social feelings from the get-go, it's no big deal, right? (laughs) I don't want you to think I'm biased. But I also suspect that an extrovert will be a, a better guest and we have one of those today, I think, on Jerry Jerry Day.
0: The recruiting Animal
1: Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Anyway, I also want to thank my sponsors PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, Hire Tool, H I R E T U A L, the super duper sourcing tool, and Hone it. H-O-N-E-I-T The phone interview technology Uh, Jerry uh, That's his uh, inimitable Shout but he's uh, visiting Someone at the hospital today so Unless he gets to call in later on from there He is not here but we got A great guest return guest His name is Steve Lois You'll never spell it if I Don't spell it for you I'll give you his Twitter address S L O W S -S 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 dead, okay? It's like slow is, but he's not slow, okay? I guarantee it. Okay, but uh let me ask him a star. Steve, are you there? I am here. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh how Thank do you spell you. pacify? How do you spell pacify, Steve?
2: <laughs> so, I would spell it P A S S I F Y.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, just for a joke, right? You really know what the real spelling is, okay? Don't you?
2: What's the real spelling? <laughs> no, I
1: got it. He's a great. This guy is a successful recruiter. He doesn't know how to spell. And we had a guy Bass uh, Vanderhater. Yeah, Vanderhater here. It's a Dutch name. Sorry, I always have problems with it. Smart guy. He told us that if you see spelling mistakes on an application for a candidate, don't worry about those. That's not uh, a reflection of the person's uh, smarts or ability, okay? So I just uh, used you as an example for recruiters to learn. Okay, It's just a
3: reflection they come from Canada. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) maybe. I don't think so.
1: Okay, so uh, what time did you get up this morning, Steve?
0: Uh,
2: I I got up at 4.30. 4.30,
1: Oh, 4.30, is that your usual time?
2: No, usually it's about 5.15. Today was a little earlier.
1: Hold on, I just got to check something. Is that our friend from New Jersey who's calling in to fill in for uh, fill in for Jerry?
3: Uh, if you're talking about Mike A. Stringer, it is.
1: Yeah, that's who. Welcome back to the show. Okay. Hi, Mike. We're recording
3: Show. There <laughs> nice.
1: we go. Okay, thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh you wake up at 4:30. What do you have for breakfast?
2: Uh oatmeal, raisins.
1: Okay, maybe you better get rid of those cuz you want to lose weight, right? Oatmeal, <laughs> I don't think is good for a diet. Okay. Do you have a morning ritual? Cuz everybody I do. Who's successful sup- supposedly has one. What's your morning ritual?
2: So, so morning ritual number 1 is obviously get up. Number 2, get my clothes on and get downstairs to work out. Soon as I'm done working out, number three is actually to have my breakfast, which includes the oatmeal raisins and a protein shake.)
1: Okay, thank you, whoever, with the sound effects there. OK, the other thing <laughs> I read that uh, really successful people do, they meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. Do you meditate?
2: about 10 minutes? Not every morning. You do.
1: What kind of I meditation? Do. What
2: kind of meditation? Um, it, it, it depends on the day. Sometimes I just use one of my apps on my phone, and it's really just sitting there just thinking about what I've got to do for the day or focusing on, on family or something along those lines. But it's really to chill before I get going. Yeah,
1: focusing on what you have to do during the day, let me just educate you. That's not meditation, okay?
2: So, so I would disagree, and I would say it depends on how you decide to, to meditate. If it's what sets you up for the day, then that's what you got to do. You can't just do what everybody else does. You know that better than anyone else.
1: That's not meditation, okay? It's
0: some <laughs>
2: kind of prep.
1: It's priming your mind, but I don't – well, maybe it's meditation in the broadest sense of the term. So if you have so any hobbies – What is meditation? What is meditation? they're going um. home? <laughs> yeah, it's when you clear your mind. It's you take out the thinking of your mind uh, so you can relax, not when you think about problems. That's not meditation. Maybe not that's contemplation. Problems. That might be contemplation. I'm not going to get into the details. Do you have any hobbies?
2: Do you have I any do hobbies? have hobbies. What? I do have hobbies. What? So um, you, you knew doing this from last time. I'm a car guy. That's a big hobby of mine. I forgot. Okay. I don't remember the guests from one day to the next.
1: Okay. How many <laughs> final final quickie question? How many monitors do you have on your desk? Two. Okay, and uh, you, you really like the two? What? Wh- how do you, you know, use them?
2: Yeah, I, I like the two. I used to have four, and it was too much. Two is actually uh-huh. perfect. So generally, email on one side, pr- general a bunch of browsers, and on the right side, I usually have my ATS up. Oh okay. Can you tell
1: us uh, what you do, very, very briefly, so people know? I forgot to ask.
2: Do is in terms of my what, as being a recruiter. Yeah yeah so I've been recruiting for twenty five years I, I i run a I run' a multiple businesses, but one of them is a recruiting organization sourcing organization research organization. then I have another one that's consulting I have another one that's education, but all focused on recruiting
1: okay and so you brought three uh topics to talk about We'll address them first uh if they're boring. Just everybody speak out, and we'll just ditch them. I've got lots of other questions here. Okay, stupid <laughs> mistakes that, that I have made. You want to tell us what you've done that's stupid. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so, so this, this is about two weeks ago. When I got trained, and you guys have been probably trained the same way, when you're doing an intake with a hiring leader, it's tell me about the last candidate that was good in that role because you want to see what, what they're thinking is good. So I did that, even after 25 years, and went out and started doing the search came back and didn't find somebody that met the profile. Here's what happened. The individual that was in the role previous, a VP, this is a, over a sales organization, used video nonstop to communicate to the this sales, this, this sales organization that was across the entire U.S. That was her way of communicating, and she did it exceptionally well. What, well, so like on Skype the, or something
1: or with recorded videos? No, or recorded? They, they would
2: actually, she would actually put out recorded videos. And the team, you know what?
1: Somebody's phone is gurgling, and I'm going to try as the show goes on to cut them, mute them. Sorry, whoever it is. Go ahead.
2: So so I went off looking for somebody that actually is using video in a very similar fashion, which generally doesn't happen. And I went down this path for three weeks looking for this person, thinking this is stupid. And ultimately, I came back and I said, why are we going after this video thing? And the comment was just, well, that's what the person previously used. I said, that doesn't help them meet the objectives or not. What if they do it a different way? And after thinking about it for a period of time, they're like, duh, the people before that that were successful didn't have it. We as recruiters and I as recruiter, we do that more often than I think we know. And I got burned on it just a couple of weeks ago because I didn't pay attention. I didn't ask the right question. Okay, questions. so hold on. What let me stop you here. Hold
1: for. on. The hiring manager, whoever it was, must have been a very senior person if this was a VP, told you that President. He or, Yeah, he or she wanted somebody who uses video, and it's so narrow, uh, and you knew it from the start, and you didn't I push didn't.
2: back. Is that,
1: is that what I you're didn't. saying?
2: I didn't. Why? Because you I did wanted to be like
1: you're, you're wimpy? You don't feel nope. like a wimpy pushed,
2: kind of a guy. I pushed back on a bunch of other things, but when he, when he was describing how well she used video and how important that became in the job, and that was her medium of choice, I thought, okay, there's other people like me and you or, or me that use video. Let's go find this person. Well, the reality of it is in that business, which is financial services, they don't use it. Yeah, so it just I made seemed a so
1: irrelevant. ran with Mike A. Stringer. Mike A. I'll give you a chance. Do you want to criticize him or do you want to pass on this one?
3: <laughs> oh, you know I want to criticize, but I'm going to wait a minute. Go ahead.
1: Anybody mm. else
3: want to take a shot
1: at him? The guy's been in the business for 25 years. Oh, yeah, I'll find someone who talks to everybody on video. He didn't say, hey, that's, that's irrelevant. What's wrong with a phone? Okay. Okay. Did you want to talk about another stupid mistake you made? And those are your words, stupid mistake. I'm not. I'm not belittling this guy. He's more successful than me. But is there another one that you? <laughs> we all you, make. You know? he's humble. So, he's
2: humble. He's not an
1: introvert. Okay, he's a humble guy. What else did you do wrong recently? There's,
2: there's nobody perfect. So so here's another one, and I reference this in a lot of the stuff I put out there. Years of experience does not equal a skill. I think most of us in in recruiting would under, would agree with that. But, I, again, you know, I, I fall prey to the same thing. So I need somebody that has 15 years of experience. This is what the hiring leader is telling me. Of course I push back. What? If it's got hiring got leader now? Hiring
1: manager is no good anymore?
2: Hiring leader. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Work let me be really freaking really specific. The CFO says uh-huh. I need somebody yeah. with 15 years of experience. I said, okay, what if I get somebody who's at 10 and they're close? Yes. So I go off, do my thing present a candidate less than 15 years of experience and of course i get a bit lambasted why aren't you giving me somebody 15 hey let's go back to the beginning i I pushed back on you way ahead of time the thing that that what i had to do to, to to address this situation is say hey look If I find somebody that's got less years of experience but knows what you need it to do, knows, has the skill, has the expertise in what you're trying to get it done, and they did it in five years or ten years, doesn't that actually make a better candidate, which I should have done when I did the actual intake. All I did is do a general pushback. Oh, yeah, if I find somebody at 12, should I bring them to the table? Of course they're going to say it at that time. But I didn't educate them on what I was actually trying to say. I had to do it at the end. And ultimately, it worked, which was good. But I, I teach this stuff, and I didn't talk about it in the beginning of the actual search like I should have.
1: How did you prove that the person had the required uh, skills?
2: Uh, Easy, because and, and, I went back to the intake, and when, when they said that I need somebody who's got 15 years of experience, I kind of glossed over that and said, what have they learned? What, what, you assume it's going to take 15 years of experience to learn something. I want to know what do they have to know how to do. So I was able uh-huh. to go back to that and say the candidate knows how to do this but learned it faster, in essence. Okay.
1: Any other stupid things that you've done, m- mistakes oh, made by a 25-year 20, veteran? Anything else?
2: There, there, there's a gazillion of them. I mean – Oh, co- setting, I, I, we want to hear co- them. Go ahead. So, so I've done this, and this is not recent, luckily, but you learn by your mistakes, right? Setting comp expectations of, and quoting a range. Oh, the range is 200 to 250. What's the last thing they hear? 250. You give them an offer for 210, and they're like, "Well, you said it was up to 250." You know, those typical mistakes. Don't make. How do you it handle that? Much
1: I, I find I find that's a, a big a big issue for me because yeah. you want to bring the person in, and they told you it's up to 250. So if you tell them that's something you want to dangle in front of them, yeah, I'll come in and talk to them. Uh, and then you know, if they get less, they they think, "Well, what am I? Chop liver? I'm not good enough for them." What's the story? Well, first they,
2: they, they do because because you're actually selling them on the higher thing. So first, I'm going to first approach it this way and say, look, let's not talk about the comp because it doesn't matter if you're not qualified for it or if it's not the right role. And I try to gloss it over. You know, some people are going to nail you. What the hell is the comp range? Okay, two to 250. But in order to be at 250, it's called superstar, and here's all the additional things I would want a candidate to have. I'll say that directly to the candidate. So oh, no, you. no. How could you do that?
1: How could you do that? Then you're telling him he's not a superstar. I mean, it's insulting, right? There's another way What's
2: to that? handle it. There's another way okay, to handle
1: Kathy, it. Okay, Kathy. Let Kathy. Come on in, Kathy. Come on.
4: You could just say that you know it would be a definite bump up from where you are now. You don't have to give that that you know bottom and top range because you're right. They're going to remember the top number. That's going to they stick will. in in their head. So just say you know it'll be a definite bump up from where you are.
2: What if it's so not you, a bump up? You might
4: not even
1: be able to ask what the person's earning now, right?
3: That's right. In
2: many states, you can't.
5: Many, so too, isn't
3: it? You know what Two the problem states. is when you talk about them having 25 years of experience. This is my. Can you talk louder, Mike,
0: or put the phone to your mouth? Come on.
3: Can you hear me better now? Yeah. I said, I think the problem is, and this is my 25th year in recruiting also, you know, when we first started out 25 years ago, we followed the steps in the process, right? Now, 25 years later, we don't necessarily follow those steps in the process, and then it bites us in the butt every time. What What step are you talking about, Mike? Yeah. Well, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In general, about. you knew when you were first starting out, go from A to B to C to D in the recruiting process, but now you you, you don't sort of follow that script, right? You play it. Uh, you you play it sort of as it goes, and you always forget something. You know, like I'll give you an example. I, I I had a situation recently where I didn't address counteroffers. For 25 years, I've addressed counteroffers. Yeah. I skipped that press in the step in the process and guess what the guy took a counteroffer
1: hold on a second this is something jerry i'll represent jerry here he always says you know uh, addressing the issue about counteroffers doesn't pre- i think he does to say this doesn't prevent someone oh yeah, no, i'm not going to take a counteroffer that's not going to stop them from taking a counteroffer do you really think your intervention at the beginning uh saying oh you know what you might get a counteroffer but i want you to think about this Do you think that makes a difference
3: I think it I makes do. a difference how you present yep. it, and I think that any time you get somebody thinking in depth about it is valuable. And you go so, back to their original
4: reasons for wanting to leave the job. I mean, and exactly. Bingo. The- bingo.
2: So let me let me give you an example, if I could, real quick. So this is actually somebody okay. I was hiring for my own VP of Sales. This guy was running a much bigger operation than what I had, and ultimately, I made him an offer. He accepted the offer, and he had to go back and resign. So I said, Lamont, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go back in, and they're going to say, what are you doing going to this little little shop for you with a big organization? Then they're going to pull up the Brinks truck and throw a bunch of money at you that they never did before. And then, by the way, they're going to say you're going to be regional president for one of these other regions. And I, I laid out all these potential scenarios that I knew what could happen. Next morning, 10 o'clock, goes in, resigns to his boss, calls me about 1030, so it was a pretty quick conversation, and he's laughing. And he says, look, They countered, they gave me the president position, they gave me all this stuff, and had I not been prepared, I probably would have taken it because they got me emotionally. You prepared me for it, so I'm joining it, and he did.
1: I don't know if it would happen like that all the time, but that's a pretty good rebuttal. Michael G. Cox wanted to say something about 10 minutes ago, and I I didn't give him time. Did you want to say something, Michael G.? I I don't remember 10
5: minutes ago, sorry.
1: Okay, (laughs) neither do I, but I, I remember hearing your voice. Okay, yeah, next, next topic, uh, next topic. Do you, or do you want to tell us any other stupid things that you've done recently?
2: No, I can, I can keep going out with the stupid things, but there's no point in that.
1: Okay, no, no, we'll come back to them. I like it. I like it when the guests can generate, you know, uh, good topics. Uh, okay, and I can hear him as well on the phone. Easter Bunny Bong, okay? I saw a picture of a guy with a big Easter Bunny. He took off the top of – it was a chocolate Easter Bunny. He took off the top of one of the ears – shoved it in his mouth, he shoved a, a, a marijuana cigarette in, like, the stomach of the bunny, and he was toking on it and put it on Twitter. If you saw that in a candidate's Twitter, would that be a problem for you?
2: Um, it, would not, it, it, would, it would not be a problem for me unless – let, let me quantify this. One, uh, I am not – four – any type of use of marijuana, so let's just lay that out there. But I wouldn't use that to judge somebody else who believes that's their thing unless they were in a role where their social media, they use it to for some use, for whether they're their own influencer or something along those lines. That may be a problem. What Depends do you mean on by an influencer? In,
3: right? If they're doing it in Colorado, you can't do a thing about it. If it's legal it here. Jersey, it's legal where I live. By.
2: It's legal in a lot of places. From a state perspective, it's not federally. Okay, exactly. but when you say they're, if they're an influence, the law, what is it? I don't
3: care if they're robbing a bank or smoking a joint. They're breaking the law. They're out.
2: Yeah, yes, okay. if they're breaking the law, no, no question behind it. If they're not breaking the law, and the, but the, uh, we're not lawyers. We're not going to get into the state versus the federal thing, right? Because it's being Ugh. legalized everywhere. Legalized here, where I am now, in Michigan, right? Now, uh-huh. I wouldn't hire somebody for myself that was doing that really would i necessarily if you nope, saw the guy
1: with his easter nope. bunny bong you would not nope. hire him
2: for your office wouldn't no nope. why not look, look why i have got a no tolerance policy here you got to take a drug test if you fail it for any reason if you, even if you have medical marijuana i turn you down
3: oh,
2: Boy, oh, boy okay it i get legal that is. in
3: the states even though it doesn't matter like Colorado so here's have here's the marijuana they can still fire you or not hire you for for failing a drug test so i agree 100%
2: yeah. So here's the other thing. I do I do work with government entities requiring federal, requiring me to drug test every one of my employees, and I can't have somebody who's got THC in their system. Period. Okay. I do, well, what about- I
4: disagree. I disagree. But you know, I'm in I'm in a, a quandary here because my husband's a federal judge, so of course there cannot be anything in his system, although it's legal in California, and it does have its medicinal. You know benefits for me personally. So, you know, so but I'm not as She has to go
3: in the other room so her husband doesn't ingest it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
4: Well, but you should
3: hold
1: on, hold on. You, then now if you're talking about this, uh, uh, Kathy. In your case, you you could have to tell people that you you go in and out of comas regularly and you need this for medical purposes. Okay. Right. It's not right. like you're just a recreational user. Okay. No. So.
4: No, I'm not, and I, in fact, I use the CBD oil without THC in it, so, okay. you know, uh, it is for medicinal purposes, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I don't think is going to go away. I think, you know, there's so many states that have legalized it, and there's so much revenue the states are getting. It's never going to be, you know, it's, it's, it, it'll be legal.
1: Thank you. Topic so, finished. Next, okay. uh, next controversial uh, topic. Thank you. Next, you know what? I just got to tell you something. I uh, posted that stuff about introverted recruiters. And what I do on my uh, Facebook page these days, my group, I, if I take something out of the comments, I I make a, a, a picture of it. And so I post it so there's no doubt at all that I'm not twisting the words the person used. If they don't like what they see, they always say I took it out of context. What kind? <laughs> What context? pitch right there. Anyway, here's something else. A, a guy told me, a great guy, he said, I, I don't want to uh, be involved. I was quoting him. He says, don't quote me. I don't want to get involved in controversies. And yet here he is today posting like crazy uh, about this issue about paying speakers. Okay? Is there, uh, you know, these recruiting conferences don't pay their speakers. Should they be paying their speakers, Steve? It's a big uh, hullabaloo right now.
2: So, so let, let me give you my experience because I speak at them, right? And I also speak at the corporate side. Most of the conferences that are in our space, I have not been paid on, but they do take care of travel and they do take care of hotels. Any of the conferences that I speak to that are industry conferences, meaning financial services or something like that, they all pay me and all of the corporate events pay me. The difference is on these, these HR or talent ones they seem to only pay the headliner if they're paying anybody. If you know that going in, why is it an issue? Because it drives business uh-huh. if you do it well. It
1: does drive business. Some people seem to derive all their business from uh, from their speaking engagements. These
2: consultants, is that true? Uh, I drive from for my businesses generally. You know, let's say I speak to 500 people, I'll probably get five deals out of it.
1: Okay so if you go to an industry conference not a recruiting conference you you actually get paid and you get business from it so it's it's a Correct. it's a total win okay and so yeah, how yeah. do you do if, if a recruiter wants ahead. to speak at an industry conference how how should they go about you know getting that opportunity
2: First, identify the space that you can actually talk to, right? So I happen to be in financial services. I used to sit on the board of a bank, so I know it like the back of my hand from a recruiting and from an ops perspective. So I can go into any financial services group and say, hey, this is what I speak on. This is what I know. And it's a matter of talking to the person who's running that conference. Usually, you can make the case if you're a good speaker, and they'll invite you in. First one, you're going to get paid a little less. By the time that, that they start talking about your ability, if you're any good, the numbers keep multiplying because you keep charging more for the following ones.
1: How did you get onto the board
2: of a bank? Um, because I've been recruiting in financial services for a long time, I knew the CEO of the bank. The CEO asked me to become part yeah. of the organization, this isn't which a piggy I did. Bank.
1: This isn't a piggy bank we're talking about. This no, is a real no, bank. No, this
2: is a – it's a small bank, community bank, $200 million in assets.
1: Okay. Okay. The so decent okay.
5: sized bank. Uh, okay. Uh and hey, uh, animals, there's also just to be the contrarian in regards to speaking fees. You know, I'm I'm just wanting to be the contrarian here. If if somebody's going to make money off of you, you're going to be, you know, part of the draw and they're going to charge for people to attend, it would make sense to uh, compensate those that, that you're you you have dancing on a stage.
2: Okay. The only thing that I would say to that is, if and I agree, but if you know that you're not getting compensated and you still agree to do it, I mean, you can choose to say no. You're not compensating yeah. me. Don't do it. I chose Absolutely. to do it, in the, especially in the beginning, because I knew it would turn into other business. Sure. Okay.
1: What about what about the other issue with the conferences? Uh, I don't know if this is worth spending time on, but we never talk about it really. Uh, is that it's the same faces all the time? Is uh, the thing is though. It, it's usually not a lot of repeat uh, attendees, so it's new people in the audience all the time. Is that an issue, Steve?
2: I, it must not be an issue because if they're using the same faces to attract people and people keep coming and paying, is it really an issue? Okay.
1: So the now results. Now I self-selected
2: out. Yeah, I self-selected out. So I, I used to do the 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 T A conferences, right? Remember all the way back to the Kennedy conferences and all that. I did them year, yeah. after, year yeah. after year after year after year. I jumped out of it because I felt like I was at all the conferences, so I went more the industry side. Just it was a different different way of doing things, right? But I don't see a problem with it. Okay. Hey, Michael. I to
1: ask you. Hello? I got to do that an ad. Kendra.
2: Okay.
1: Kendra, hold on one second, I'll come back to you, okay? I'll be right okay. back. I'm good. I'm going to do a shorty for Hire Tool, my good friends at, at Hire Tool. Hold on, everybody. Hold your horses. Okay, uh, Trish Durka. Trish Durka is a member of my Facebook group. She's a prolific commenter, uh, and she strikes me as being a very good sorcerer. She's a sorcerer in the daytime, and she writes uh, resumes at night. And this is what she she wrote the other day about Hire Tools. She said, "I love the product." exclamation mark i finally have my company uh got my company to purchase a seat for me and it's such a time-saving tool i support 17 recruiters and account managers in four different recruiting specialties and it can get a little crazy without a little help i wrote an article you can find it on my linkedin page about the accuracy of the emails and phone numbers I found through this search tool. But it's not just for contact information. This is me coming in here. You can do a full sourcing uh, project on Hire Tool. You go there, you don't have to know any Boolean uh, search uh, terms. They create, you just put in English terms, they create the string for you. They search a ton of sites at the exact same time. Return a a ranked list Of potential candidates They guess the salary They guess who's going to be uh, ready to make a move And you're off and rolling If you want to read Trish's uh, um, Article Her last name is W-Y-D-E-R-K-A She's in in the same uh, Category as Steve Lois The guest today You cannot spell their last name Okay, Uh, (laughs) Back to our good friend Kendra Shoot
6: Oh, you were asking about the conferences. Here's one person who's actually only ever gone to one SourceCon, and that was plenty.
1: Really? Everybody loves it. It's like a religious experience. What's your problem? I know. you want to tell us?
6: No, um, I'm a contractor so I paid for it out of pocket It's a lot of travel, it's time I'm not making money Um, Everybody was interesting, it was fun sitting at the cool kids table Uh, There's a lot of events in New York City I get comps to almost everything in New York City That works Um, I just uh, pick up a lot on Facebook and through the virtual community Uh, Everybody posts everything, there's stuff on YouTube I just don't see the need to go again
1: Okay, but you didn't uh, feel socially alienated because most of the people there are under 30 and you're not. You got kids under 30? Um-
6: <laughs> Michael, I am turning sixty. Do not put that as a quote, but I am more fun than, and i you know I know Derek and Steve and the cool kids, and run around with all of them um and it's it's good time, but you know I've just got other stuff going on okay I agree with I agree with
4: Kendra. I have gone to unfortunately more source cons than I really wanted to go to, and when you've been to one, you've been to all of them and it is clickish. It's
2: just I don't know. Amen. Amen. Time. Yeah. Yep. So I've been to I've been to two. I spoke at one, and then I went to one. This is going back probably to, uh, eight years ago. Sp- spoke at one, went to another one, and I would agree with Kendra that my team looks at everything they post on Facebook and so on and picks up the nuggets. But even the team that I've sent will not go back. They choose not to.
1: Okay, but it, it's eight years ago. It's a bit of uh, uh, you know history it's not current okay absolutely. that's not, a, not a absolutely
2: thing.
6: I will tell you that I saw the exact same presentation at sourcecon at another conference in New York, and I was like, really that they didn't say anything different word for word um so there are some people that are definitely on the circuit there's um, just a different quality, but i'm I feel like I'm part of the community you guys see me online, I get comped usually by the people who are not be who are speaking and either are not being paid and want to fill seats or just make sure their friends show up so uh you know. I'm not really going to travel and miss three days' work, right, for the Nuggets. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oakley Doakley, thank you for being so frank. Most people don't have the courage to stick their necks out like that. Okay. Uh,
6: please do not quote that tomorrow.
1: <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> do not make that okay. your no, that, image, Bob. I don't want. I don't want to draw any, any fire on that. I don't. I'm leaving that on please. the show. Someone has to wait. Has to, someone has to get 30 minutes into this show to hear anything about SourceCon. Okay. If here's the next question, Steve, if there's a delay yeah. in getting a, a fee agreement signed, is that a problem? I'm going to read you uh, something right off of my Facebook group. Often the hiring manager or HR client will say the fee agreement is in the legal department or it's in process in some way and might take a week or two to get signed. So uh, this company, these recruiters, they start their search once the hiring manager, or the HR manager gives a verbal or email uh, approval, okay, is that, they wanted, they, and they feel confident that the other person is an honest person. Uh, is that a, a smart thing to do, or is it very, very risky?
2: I don't do it anymore. I, but let me preface that, that when I was starting the business, I would do that all the time. I would take the word, and I would move forward. Um, today, we will not, unless we have the agreement signed and countersigned by me, period.
1: So you'll wait two weeks if that's what it takes before you start the search.
2: No question. We will not move forward unless I've got the documentation signed.
1: Anybody want to comment on that before I move on? That was pretty straightforward. Anybody?
2: Why would you work on it if you you
5: don't? It's free work.
1: Uh, yeah, but they assume that, that it's, it's a contingent search anyway, right? So they're going to be doing free work, but they assume that the person is promising to pay them if they actually find somebody. That's the thing, yeah. right?
3: It's, I do consider right. it says right in my service agreement that, <clears throat> excuse me, I won't start work until the agreement is signed. Absolutely, I would never spend 10 seconds on something until yeah. I had a signature an agreement.
2: I know you yeah, I would used- agree with you.
3: I Go used ahead. to do it,
2: um, and, and I got successful 90% of the time in collecting. But year, years ago, you know, there was probably two or three times where I just wanted the business, did did the work, didn't get paid for it. Back in the day, I just won't do it anymore. It's been a company policy ever since.
1: Okay. We had a guest on the show last year, maybe two years ago. He was very impressive. I mean, this guy is a moneymaker, a great business person, and a great speaker. I was – Are you talking about me? Tops. I don't think you've been a guest for uh, that long. Anyway, but it wasn't you. It was another guy, and he said something, and he was very big on saying that, you know, we feel like a family in our recruiting office. He was the owner. It's just great. But he shocked me when he said, if somebody leaves the company and uh, the commission hasn't been paid on their placement, the stuff that comes in after they leave – he will not pay them. He was adamant about that. So you posted a picture of yourself, Steve, with Evie, who is leaving your company. Yeah. Okay? Right. If, if she's made placements and the money comes in after she leaves, does she get paid?
2: First of all, she wasn't in a recruiting role. She was my director of research. So okay. she didn't get paid commission at all. Okay. Um, what about if out- it was
1: someone who was on commission?
2: So uh, outside of that, the only people I have on commission are my sales team. My recruiters are actually not on commission. None of them. My sales okay, so team.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's talk
0: about so the sales reps go,
2: then, okay? Yeah, all right. So the, the sales team, um, we, our, our policy is, is if, if, they, if the client pays us within 90 days, we will pay them, even if they have left the organization. Unless they go to a competitor or they somehow violate any other agreement, then no way in hell am I paying a dime.
1: Really? That? Why don't they – I don't understand why there's a time limit, why there's any conditions. If the person did the work, they should get
2: paid. I disagree with you. If you're working for me, you're employed by me, and you follow the rules, and you know what the rules are when you signed up because it says right when we hire somebody, here's the rules. You sign it. You agreed to it. Why should I change it for them? They agreed to it coming in the door.
1: Okay, but okay. Let's just take the one example you said. Okay, if the money comes in in ninety days, I'll pay it. If it's after that, forget about it. I'm keeping it. You get nothing. What just? What's the justification there? They didn't so break any here's rules. Our,
2: here's the policy, anyways. If a client doesn't pay us within ninety days of invoice, they don't get commission on it anyway. Even if they work here. Why not? Because our terms are sixty or less. Period. Any more than ninety. I'm not I'm not going to play the game. So it's it, OK. It's to, well, why don't you turn down interest. the money
1: then? Why don't you turn down the money I? then? You're still taking. Why you're still I? taking the
2: fee. Absolutely. I am. This, it, look, here's the difference. I'm, I'm the owner. You're the owner of your business. I'm the owner of my business. I made the rule. They agreed with the rule. The rule <laughs> works for everybody because it drives it drives them to follow up to get it paid. So almost nothing goes beyond 90 days. Almost not. anybody wanted
1: to anybody like me disagree with him on this and think that's extremely unfair. anybody else? I
3: I love this. It sounds exactly like my marriage. I make the rules, follow them, let's get out. <laughs> Jeez.
2: <laughs> no. Anybody it, else? Here's the rules we set, and if you want to join us, understand. Yeah, the rules. I heard
1: you. I heard you already. Okay. I I don't think that's fair. Uh, and people would call you a boss, not a leader. Okay, for that, I just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, oh, absurd. And and you now you're going to tell us that oh you feel like a family. Okay.
2: We, we have a business. We run a business.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know it's a business, and these guys worked for there. They did work. Give them give them a penalty if their client pays late, but don't not pay them. And why don't the recruiters get a commission? I don't understand that.
2: Because are all my they, like, recruiters have paid recruiters? high salaries. There, I'll hey, pay hey, paying, dollars I'm, dollars. I'm
1: curious, how, yeah. how often have you actually
5: had to deal with somebody paying outside of that 90 days? How how often has this been an issue?
2: Good question, Less Mike. Less than half a percent. All
5: right. Okay. There you go. Sounds like a non-issue.
1: Okay. Do you use any inter- interview scheduling software?
2: Steve, uh, we is do not. Is the show
1: good so far? I think this is a good show. Am I right?
2: Is I love fun? it. Okay. I, you know what? It, it, when everybody agrees, it's useless. It's when people have a good dialogue and have different perspectives that you know the show is actually working.
4: What, okay. you, have Mike, if, you have Mike on. How cool is that?
2: Okay.
4: So, you know, we're all happy.
2: Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Look, we've all okay. been doing this it, way too damn long. Interview scheduling software. Do you use any? We don't do it. No, we don't. Why not? Uh, we just don't. It's not. It's not been part of our process. We schedule all of our interviews through our ATS system. Um, we don't. We don't use the feature uh, except for um, confirming the interview. That's it. We don't. We don't have them do, go in and pick their own times. We don't have them do any of that, like calendar or anything.
1: Why not? Why not? Sounds we, great to we me. We don't. I, 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 We're,
2: I don't have a problem with it we just we just don't do it as part of our process, and we've yeah so no, there's to a reason the you don't do it no
1: no, there's a reason. Don't dodge the code. why don't you do it? You think it's impersonal? Is that what i that's what I sort of expected from you. you think it's too yes. personal? What's the issue? Yeah. Yes,
2: yes, at the level of there's there a yes. lot
5: more pushback now on calendar links and click on this link to go to my calendar. I've noticed that
2: Adam, Mike, I'm what I'm are you saying there? there
5: I, I have okay. noticed that there are more people objecting to uh, the go to my link, you know, click this. It'll take you to my calendar. You can select the time and date. Although it saves a ton of time with the back and forth, I'm just saying I have noticed a lot of pushback with that.
1: From who? From the, from the candidates?
5: From the candidate, from, from the prospective candidates.
1: Okay. A-stringer? Oh, I have to cut because you're both mics. Well, Michael G. Cox, I'll call Michael G. Cox. Mike Astringer, you're next. <laughs> Do you
3: want to comment on this, did you say? Yeah, you know what? I'm in all of these Facebook groups, too, and I see all these automated tools people are talking about and, and, like, you're talking about interview scheduling and all these things. You know, I think there's going to become a point, and I don't mean to sound cliche, that those of us who actually pick up the phone and have conversations with clients and candidates are going to stand out because, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, this entire industry is becoming automated and i don't use any of those tools i use my phone that's my tool my phone
5: yeah that okay. that's your angle man use that okay
3: so okay. we we're going to we leverage
2: ask. go ahead Go
3: have your
1: I'll do my ad, and we'll come back to Steve. Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal here for Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T. Honeit, in case you don't know, is phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help your hiring leaders hear the motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. You heard all these veteran recruiters saying the personal touch counts. Well, You want to be able to pass it on, and that's what HONIT does. And you don't have to worry that I am going to miss a word. Uh, I can't type fast enough. I can't write. You don't have to worry about that. It records everything. It lets you create clips for the special questions. It transcribes everything into a a, a, a searchable text. Man, it is great. So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of the sizzle with HONIT, H O N E IT.com. Okay, Steve, back to you. You were saying something.
2: Yeah, the other thing Go I'll ahead. say is from a, from a technology perspective. So we, we leverage technology and automation wherever we can, where it speeds up our internal process versus when we talk to the candidate. So we pick up the phone to talk to the candidate. That's In my, in, in my belief, that's the right way to do it. Same thing with the client. But if it's a matter of finding candidates, it's a matter of sourcing it's a matter of using um, marketing automation software. I'm all for the technology because it speeds up the pieces that are behind the scenes. Love it.
5: Or, or it removes you from that piece of the process.
2: What do you mean removes you?
5: Like you, you automate it. So, so it's kind of running in the background.
2: Yeah. It's, so some of it runs in the background.
5: What, what are some so examples? Here's,
2: here, here, here's my view. So marketing automation is a, is a big deal for us. So when we send out an email, Obviously, we, we follow with phone call, in-mail, all that stuff, right? But when we send out an email, depending on how they respond or don't respond, they're in an automation process where they automatically get email number two. If they click on a link, they may get a different email. All of that helps set up that ability to have a conversation with them. Like, I'm not like doing Candidate ID.
1: Are you, using, is yeah. candidate, are you using Candidate ID or some, some other tool?
2: So my my team is using Candidate ID tools. So I've got 25 researchers that all they're doing all day long is, is old school and new school stuff. But what tools they use, I don't get involved in all that.
1: Okay, so Candidate ID is uh, – yeah, we've had uh, – Adam was a guest last week, uh, the the CEO over there, and, and it, it sends out uh, – it, it it spies on on the people who are reading the stuff and, and, and graduates yeah. them from one kind of – yeah, it's very – okay. But what about uh, chatbots then? Chatbots, are they too impersonal for you?
2: I have a chatbot on my website right now.
1: Oh, you just but said chatbot- you only use scheduling
2: well, wait software, a minute, wait a you're using a the, chatbot? The, hold on a second. The chatbot is not used for candidates. The chatbot is used for clients who come to – or potential clients that come to the site and want information right away. That sets us up to have the phone call. That doesn't answer all their questions. I don't use a chatbot on the candidate side.
1: And because it's too it impersonal. It doesn't
2: replace. It does not replace the phone call. It's getting me to the phone call or my team to the phone call to have the conversation. I am not going to let it continue the conversation because I'm not going to close a deal using a chatbot. Okay.
1: okay. Uh, not with what do we you, do. Do you place any IT people or, or is it strictly financial?
2: Yeah. No, I got, yeah, I got so a group that does nothing but IT.
1: Okay, I, I read something this week. It just flabbergasted me. I've, I, I don't uh, place IT people. I don't know anything about these whiteboarding interviews uh, where you, you, I guess you go into a, like a room with a, a, a whiteboard and they give you problems and you have to solve them right then and there. That's what the IT interviews are like. Am I right about that?
2: There are some, yes.
1: Okay, this woman wrote an article. She said whiteboarding interviews are biased – Against female candidates, because they create a, a confrontational situation in which a a woman has to code in front of a male interviewer, and that's an intimidating power imbalance. Do you agree with that?
2: I've never heard it. I mean, could it happen? I guess it depends on the woman. Could it happen in reverse i, I don't I don't know look, according look, to the look here is we we can, cr- we can create situations where everybody feels freaking intimidated about anything. It's, there was three people in the room. I'm a male. There's three people in the room. Because there's three people, I'm, inti- I'm intimidated. Is that fair? I mean, come on. What, what are we going to – let's grow up. When are we going to not get our feelings hurt about something? Now, are there real situations where that could be a problem? I guess that's possible. I'm okay, not going to say not a no.
1: Is Kendra, is Kendra still on the line? She's, she's feisty today. Any, uh, is Kendra still there? I,
6: I am still on the line.
1: Oh okay so uh would you be intimidated having to uh perform your technical skills in front of a a male programmer if 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 you were a, a female programmer
6: <laughs> not at all i actually worked at bridgewater since you've got a financial services person there and yeah, uh yeah. they do they're big on case study and problem solving for all candidates and you go right to the whiteboard and you're you're uh doing your boat charts and process flows they're seeing if you can think on your feet and um i've got really nice handwriting and i'm an incredible like communicator i actually have an edge over a lot of men you know so no i didn't feel intimidated for one second Okay.
1: Look, Bridgewater isn't that the that Ray uh, what's his name galio's place where, where you have to ever, all of the all of the meetings are recorded and and all the criticism is is public. Is is that is that the place?
6: Yes, that's the place, Michael.
1: How does how does, that, how does that, just uh, just an aside, Steve? How, do, do we have to, no? I guess we don't have time to ask you what, what no, that's no. like. No, no. So
6: they, let me just put it this way: I'll say it in short. They made a much better client than employer. So. <laughs> okay,
1: you know, I, 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 I find it kind of exciting that you know all the criticism is public. I mean, so. Uh, any, anyway, okay. Uh, back, thank you. Back, I'll ask you about that again because that, that's uh, I, I didn't ever expect to have somebody who's been there on the show. Okay, uh, Steve Lois, is yeah. volunteer work important to you? Because uh, I read a guy today. Uh, on social media, he, a recruiter he said volunteer work is the most undervalued qualifier when it comes to hiring. Do you believe that? I don't.
2: When, when I'm looking at candidates, it is is that what you're asking? Yeah, when you're looking at a resume, no, is it I important to you? No, it's not important to me. It's. Does it anybody
1: was, on the line find the volunteer work important?
2: Now let me no? let me okay. add one comment. I, I, that's
1: a non-issue for most of us, and then this guy says it's you know it's, it's a big factor. Okay.
2: No, okay. I don't. Uh, I don't look for it, but I will. I will tell you as a business, volunteer. Us doing volunteer work is important for the team.
1: Okay, so now you're saying it is important. You want the volunteer kind no. Of spirit?
2: No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I don't pay de- I don't pay attention to somebody's background if volunteer work is in their background or not. But I will tell you, once they are here, the volunteer work we do does build a bit of loyalty because they see us working. Oh, in the
1: okay. What do you do? Charity work as a company?
2: We do. We do. Okay. Like what? Um, trafficked women is a is a big deal for us. Veterans, we do a fair amount for, and uh, those that are uh, teenagers that are s- substance abuse victims.
1: Okay. So uh, I won't go into detail about that another time. Uh, yep. I, this believe, uh, these questions, I, I, I didn't make them up myself. I, I, I'm just writing stuff that people are talking about online. <laughs> do you allow swearing in your office? Okay.
2: Uh, so, uh, uh, yes.
1: Can you hold on one sec while I do an ad? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. These guys, I get carried away. I mean, this, 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 uh, this, this today's interview is going, like, so fast. PC Recruiter. Hey, everybody. If you're a regular listener and you hear me talking about PC Recruiter, you might want to give it a try, right? But you think, oh, no, it's going to be so hard for me to switch from one recruiting software to another. But that's not true, PC Recruiter makes it as easy as possible for you to give them a trial run. They've got two different kinds of conversions. That's what they call the switching from one software to another. One is fast and simple. The other one is custom-made and complicated just for you, okay? So you can try the fast and simple one, see if you're happy, and then if you want to custom, do it. I'm making this up as I go. I don't know if that's true. But they've got two different systems, and the CEO has sworn to me, that it's not hard. And the thing is about PC Recruiter, it's configurable. They make it so it suits your working habits, not theirs, okay? And they'll help you. If the idea of configuration scares you, don't worry. They'll help you configure it. Just like, you know, you go into a tailor, they measure the suit for you. It's the same thing there, and it doesn't matter if you're in a, a big recruiting uh, team or on a small uh, kitchen table, okay? They love, if you're a recruiter, they love you. So go check them out, please, at recruiter. Now, back to this issue about swearing. There's three different kinds of swearing. There's swearing between the members of the team, the different recruiters and sourcers. There's swearing when you talk to your candidates, and there's swearing when you talk to your clients. So you want to address all three of those, please? (laughs)
2: So I have never sworn to a client in 25 years.
1: You've never said, oh, shit, when you're talking to a client?
2: Not that I I can recall. No, really? not that I wow. can recall. Uh-huh. I have said uh-huh. that exact thing to a candidate many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's as far as I've said anything to a candidate. And mm-hmm. within the office, it happens daily. It is not encouraged. It is not a taboo item either. Okay. If that's your normal well, way gonna, of talking, I'm not yeah. going to shut somebody down.
1: Okay, you're not going to take away the permission somebody, if they swear. You, you don't, you I don't, don't have a can there where they have to a part of their commission or $10 in, in, in if they swear. I may, right? okay. I, may,
2: I may start to do that, though. That's actually really good. At, no, I, I'm not going to do that. Okay.
1: okay. Are, women, uh, are women less likely to negotiate an offer? I've seen both. Uh, you know, the one that, yeah, women don't negotiate, I hear that again and again. But then some women will say, you know, in the comments to an article, hey, I, I never I, – women negotiate just as men, much as men.
2: Well, what's the story for you? I haven't experienced a difference. I think women and men negot- they, they negotiate very similarly. I haven't experienced one more than the other in, in my years. Anybody,
1: anybody else want to get in on that? Just from their experience off top of their head? You don't have to. I'm just giving you an opportunity. Okay. Anybody want to say something who hasn't talked? Anybody want to talk? I'm opening all the lines. Hey, oh, Jerry. Hey, Jerry.
0: Hey, guys.
1: Yeah, you're missing out on a great guess. What? Maybe it's good that you're not here. He's not getting interrupted as much. Okay. okay. Oh. Anybody want to say well,
0: something? What, what was the highlight? What did I miss?
1: Uh, he's just a good guess. I, I dialed as okay?
0: he right to... you ask that just, just asked that stupid question. Uh huh. Okay. He do women curious. not know how to negotiate? I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I read it all the time. I didn't make it up. Why, why do you read this crap?
1: Okay, I don't know. Okay, okay, guy. I, I guess I'm naive. I think if someone says it, it's possible. Okay. Anyway, next question. <laughs> and I've I've never asked this before. Don't pick Steve. Up a I, flat earthers
0: like... manual. Then I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay. Flat Earth Society too. Okay. Project based interviewing. Okay. That woman. I read about it just now in that article by the woman who says that whiteboard interviews are no good. She prefers project-based interviewing. So I did some research on it. That's when the company gives you a project to do. But talk in terms of pushback from the candidates, like Michael G. Cox was talking about, they don't like it. They want to be paid. They want a consulting fee. Sometimes they'll do work, and, and the, the company that they're interviewing with actually uses that stuff, you know, either in their own office or with their clients. Uh, and they don't hire okay, the person. Can I no. ask you, animal? Can I ask you something, animal? Go ahead. Have you ever
0: experienced that? Have you ever experienced that personally? No. Okay, neither have I.
1: <laughs>
0: so, between the two of us, how many, how many interviews have we been involved in? Thousands? Uh, a few. So, out of our <laughs> thousands of interviews, we can refute that as an absurdity.
1: Let's see what the guest says. Steve
0: Lois.
3: Okay, guess what? So.
2: So, so I have not had a, a client require a project-based interview with the exception of putting some thought into a pitch deck, a presentation, on how they would handle a specific situation. Four or five slides. Beyond that, no. I've never had it happen. All right. Anybody so else?
1: There's, there's three of us. Anybody else? Uh, get have have uh, hiring managers who want people to do projects to prove. Now I I know somebody actually who does who hires IT people and and makes them come into the office and spend a the day there with the team to see if they work well together. So it's not like I have Unpaid never heard paid? about it. Unpaid. Unpaid.
5: That's ridiculous.
1: Unpaid. Yeah,
0: Unpaid.
5: that's
1: crazy. But no,
0: they're not in there coding software for the day that's going to go into production. You wouldn't even do that on day one. You don't even know the systems and the libraries, and the, that's a, that's not it's untrue. It's not happening. Yeah.
1: Okay, so nobody uh, nobody, nobody here will go with project based. Nobody nobody will go with project based interviewing beyond a, an interview question like sell me this pen. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, well. A a,
0: a
5: animal in sales here at uh, this part of Xerox that we're in, we used to have these ride-alongs that would take hours, and I saw absolutely no return on that time investment.
1: Okay, like buddy uh, calls? You're talking about buddy calls where the the candidate would go out with a sales rep? Yeah, but they
5: would spend up to three hours out on the road, and it was absolutely pointless, so I killed that. We still have a bunch okay. of sister companies that do that, and, and they seem to believe that there's a significant, you know, they're getting something out of it, but I don't see it.
1: Okay. okay. But that's, so a little Michael, different
2: than, that's a little different than actually doing the work, right? You're not riding along yeah. and doing sales calls. I've seen that. At that particular example I've seen, there are still clients today that do that specifically for salespeople. Go ride along for two, three hours, see what it's like, especially if they're not coming from a sales background I don't know. I don't think that that's necessarily bad. If the data suggests that it's it does it's not valid, then don't do it. Final question.
1: Final question. You're a corporate recruiter. This is more appropriate, I think, for a corporate recruiter. Hiring manager, you know, calls the you operator. You're in the office. Gives you a profile and says, "Phone screen this guy for me." You're the recruiter. You look at the at the resume or the LinkedIn profile. You say, "This guy's going to be forty or fifty thousand dollars." above what we're paying
2: for this role.
1: The hiring manager says, call anyway. What would you say, Steve? Um,
2: If I'm a corporate recruiter, my sense is I probably have to, given the hierarchy. If I'm an agency recruiter, uh, if you want me to call this person, help me understand why. I'm not going to do it until there's clear reason why. If it's because my boss referred him in and I have to at least give him the courtesy, fine. You're going to pay me for my time. I'm happy to do it.
1: Okay, but but is there a possibility that if the person has the right skills, that even if you think the money's going to be askew, there there might something good might come of it, like a referral yeah. or something like that. There's
2: well, there's always here, a possibility, one, right? Let me, yeah, let me give you an example. Um, reached out to this is for a, a senior level search. This is actually just a few weeks ago, right? The guy the guy I know is making mo, probably more than what I was looking for. I'm looking for 250. I was guessing it was a little higher. He said, look, it's, uh, I'm, my base is $3,325 right now, plus, plus incentive, so it's going to take me over to $500,000. I would have shut down, but I said, okay, is it all about the money or is it about something else? Ultimately, he came down to 250000 and he was very qualified wow. for it. So let's not make the call until we know the whole story. Okay. I've got to tell
1: you, great great show. I loved it. Uh, thank you, everybody. Mike Aestringer, Michael G. Cox, Kathy Manish, Jerry Albright, Kendra, very Frank Kendra today. Uh, and uh, our guest, Steve Lois, you've got to come back. L O W I, S Z. thank you!
2: You got it.
1: Ah!